Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Miss Mary, Mary, Mary. Hello, Miss Jillian, Jillian, Jillian. (laughs) I am so stoked for this episode. Okay, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Guidepost number 10, we are at the end of the book. Yes. Number one, Brene Brown, thanks for writing a great book. Yes. And number two, um, like being at the end of it is quite a... Uh, it's a feat, yes. And we've walked through 10 guideposts now. Yes. It's amazing. So number 10 is today. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yes. I really like this Yes. One. Um, so, you know, I just want to preface this. Like, before I tell you what we're doing, uh, these three things are p- pretty much the basis of Mary and I friendship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's good. Um I remember Mary hosted this karaoke night (laughs) at her house. And we didn't know each other very well at the time. And I went because it sounded like scary but fun. And we were put into these little random groups of women. And we had a challenge where we had to come up with a dance routine to go with a piece of music. (laughs) And um, it was so much fun. I don't think I have laughed Yes. So much. Uh, well, I have, but uh, it was so much fun, and it was a great icebreaker because you saw people's silly side mm-hmm. and vulnerable side and dramatic side, and people who seemed like quiet little church mice. Oh, my god! They were just like wild things, <laughs> like contain these ladies. Like, oh, my goodness. I think we have to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, what song did I sing? Like a Cindy Lauper one. My group had a Cindy Lauper. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So guidepost number 10 is cultivating laughter, song, and dance. Amen. And, you know, <laughs> beyond our deep life-changing conversations that we have, um, we have like solid journeys of laughter. Yes. And the karaoke and, um, and of course, dancing. Yes. So... Whether we're dancing at a friend's wedding, spontaneously outdoors with some good music. So we were at a vineyard once mm-hmm. and there was some great jazzy blues and like a bunch of us just got up and and they were random women. Yes. We were, like all these women got up and started dancing. It was like, oh, all right, let's join them. <gasps> yes. Um, or when our friend groups get together, we have a friend who says she can't dance. Oh my gosh. But like... She has serious moves. Yes. So we're like cheering her on. One of these She's, days we might be able to post a picture of her dancing. She will not allow it, but <laughs> we like, I'm enraptured when she's dancing. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> yes. It's the unexpected, right? So, and when I think of her dancing, it makes me smile. Yes. And so it is just so, it's such positive things. And then laughter, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot even say how much laughter is a high value for me. Yes. Um, so there is such power in the connectedness we feel when we're dancing, when we're in song, 
uh, and when we're laughing. So these guideposts are huge. Well, I'm thinking about the picture in the Bible of King David when he was dancing in his underwear to great music. And he was, I'm sure, having a great laugh at the same time. I think so. Is, you know, I think we are created to celebrate and to be silly and laugh and have fun and, you know, and just kind of be full out. Yeah. Enjoying ourselves. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so Bernay says... Oh, and I, can I just yeah. also add to that? Because science, good science is biblical. There is oodles and oodles of science of the value of dancing, yep. of music, yep. uh, and of laughter, and just yes. how our overall health and well-being. This kinesthetic thing that goes on between our soul, yes. our brain, our body, yes. kind of like being yes. free, yep. huge. And women, dancing is really good for our female parts. <laughs> so if you're kind of either perimenopausal, menopausal, post whatever, and you think you need to do a little bit of work in that female parts, okay, dance. And you know what? If you want swing your get, hips. If you want to get a response from your husband, yeah. oh. just say, "Honey, I hear dancing is good for my female parts." <laughs> so, I'm going to put on some music, you dance for me. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> he's all he's gonna hear is good for the female part. <laughs> He'll dance up a storm, baby. There you go. <laughs> we digress. We no, seriously we digress. Okay, now seriously. Okay. Uh, Brene says she measures the spiritual health of her family by how much dancing in the kitchen ah. they do. <clears throat> I think that's interesting. Mm. I think I would say measuring one's own emotional health mm -hmm. and self-esteem would be part of my measure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I watch, because uh, I live with a three-year-old, which is hysterical. So he's gone from... Oh, he's a dancer. Oh, I, I send you all the dancing videos. <laughs> Even as a little baby, he was already doing the shoulder shrug yeah. and the hip movements. <laughs> but now... So I've got him under Ray Charles, okay? Oh! And, uh, yeah. See if his sunglasses on, too. Well, we're on to Ray Charles now for our dance times. And really, it's just running around in circles like a madman. <laughs> That's his vision of dance right now, uh -huh. but it's good. It's full out. Full Energetic, on. yes. But babies and toddlers will naturally move to music. They naturally move their bodies. Mm -hmm. it's, so, it's so ingrained in mm -hmm. them. So mm -hmm. there's something like wired into them. Yeah. Um, somewhere along the line, though, some of us heard mm. that moving our bodies was wrong, mm -hmm. that it was maybe even sinful. Yes. And we've decided that moving our bodies is somehow like we're we're going against God's will for us. It's sinful. It's not yes. proper. Whatever. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. Well, maybe you've gotten self-conscious. Yeah. You know, I'm not that great of a dancer, not that great of a singer, so I'll just not do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So we have this like shame that's attached to it, mm -hmm. which we talk a lot about shame um, because it's both part of our journeys. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I know when people say they can't dance, we can all dance. It yes. just doesn't look pretty, some of it. It doesn't have to be. No. And you know what? Um, it's how our bodies move, like awkward or not. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to a junior high dance? Boys, yeah. dancing is awkward. <laughs> Totally awkward. I remember going to a friend's wedding mm -hmm. and um, the guys were all up dancing and they were all in their mid 20s. Mm -hmm. And looking at them, I was like, wow, mm -hmm. like that ain't pretty. But yes. they were having the time of their lives. Well, you know, the image that's come to my mind was my dad. <laughs> 
my dad was literally two left feet. Yeah. And he would dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally offbeat to the music. But he would have this huge grin on his face. He would be like dancing with his full body with such joy. Everybody always wanted to come dance with him. Like, of course. When he started dancing, people would come around and start to take his hand and start moving with him because he was just so full of life. It's the exuberance that yes. comes from it, right? Yes. When you see someone with abandon. Yes. Who's up there dancing yeah. and they could care less who's watching exactly. them. Exactly. They're just in the moment and they're having a good time right. and it doesn't have to look pretty. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. I love that. Yes. So, um, you know, I personally think that getting on the dance floor with a group of girlfriends is oh, probably the best medicine. My, one of my favorites. So when you're at a wedding reception mm -hmm. or an event... It'll be the women. They're yes. in the circle. <laughs> they and are. they're like calling each other out. And they're like doing whatever. And it's so much fun. Yes. Right? It is so much fun. But dancing has this layer of vulnerability for many. Hmm. Like, why do, you, why do you think we feel vulnerable when we're moving our bodies? Hmm. Well, to really enjoy dance, you, you have to have an open stance. Hmm. You're not going to be closed with your arms locked up and all right, tense. Right. You have to have that level of relax. Yeah. Which I can, I think could make you vulnerable. I think for me though, the biggest vulnerability is people's judgment. Like they're right. looking at me, which frankly they're not. Like come on, but I feel like they're looking at me and they're maybe judging how I dance or laughing right. at me. Um. You know, and people who struggle with social anxiety often feel like they're being ridiculed or evaluated. And it's right. not true because we're all pretty self-absorbed. Let's let's face it. Exactly. We're all a dance floor. We're only thinking about our own dance moves. We're not looking at each other. That's right. You know? Or we're looking at that person who doesn't give a rip yes. about what anybody else thinks And we're enjoying them. it. And we're like, that's the one we're talking about. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's linked to some kind of expectation that we should be good dancers or mm. we should have the moves or right. it should look a certain way it's about performance then oh then instead of enjoyment right because if we're doing it for enjoyment who cares but exactly. if it's performance because it's being evaluated that's a whole other thing yeah so it definitely it's tied to what will people think how mm -hmm. will i be judged yeah um and i do love the idea of your dad on the dance floor mm -hmm. like who cares mm -hmm. he's having a great time let's go join him mm -hmm. um so Brene quotes this woman in her book mary joe putney who says what one loves in childhood stays in the heart forever Aww. Brene says if this is true then dance stays in our heart even when our head becomes overly mm. concerned with what people might think. Huh. And, you know, when you see little kids, I mean, we know um, kids are the greatest artists. Mm -hmm. They're the greatest dancers. They're the greatest singers. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, when they become self-conscious, they shut those parts of themselves down. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, I think about um, Amanda when she was a toddler. She would stand in the middle of... A grocery store and belt out tunes oh, yeah. at the top of her lungs because she was certain that everyone thought she was fantastic. <laughs> well, she was. <laughs> she was. She just brought a smile to everyone. Yep. She'd be doing that. Yes. Oh, I love seeing little kids. Yes. Like, you know, this three-year-old that I live with, um, if you ask him to sing, he says no. Oh. But you hear him. Yes. When he's playing in his own little world. He's humming, singing. He's, he's singing all these songs that I didn't even know he knew. Yeah. Right? That's so cool. So fascinating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's that level, he's not self-conscious then, right? Mm -hmm. 
So this fear maybe of being perceived as awkward or goofy or silly, mm-hmm. uncool, out of control, mm-hmm. immature, mm-hmm. stupid and foolish yeah. really gets in our way, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It sure does. And Brene says that these gremlins, or joy stealers as I call them, make sure that our self-expression takes a backseat to self-protection mm. oh. and self-consciousness. Oh, yes. Self-expression. I like that. Self-expression contrasted with self-protection or self-preservation. Yeah. And was the other so, self? Self. self uh, consciousness. Self-consciousness. Self-protection. Yeah. And probably self-preservation too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So our reputations or whatever. Mm-hmm. So going back mm. to what we said before in living deeply. Mm-hmm. How much of our living deeply has taken a back seat yeah. to this self-protection, self-preservation, and self-consciousness? Mm. Oh, my gosh. Yes. All rooted in shame. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other thing women have to contend with, as Brene Brown points out, is that many of us women were have been told we're getting too loud, mm. um, we're getting out of hand, mm-hmm. Or being told to settle down, mm. not make a spectacle of ourselves or draw yeah. attention to ourselves. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So when the women are all when the women are all up on the dance floor having a great time, where are all the men? Yeah, that's true. They're sitting watching. Yes. Well, I don't know if they're actually watching or they're just sitting there. Right. <laughs> but they're not dancing. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of those factors are playing in the back of their mind. Yeah. If I get up and I'm a silly or goofy, what mm-hmm. will people think of me and mm-hmm. all those things? Yeah. And I think especially for men, mm-hmm. it's become more of an issue to move their bodies mm-hmm. than maybe for women. Yeah. Well, it's the fear of failure, fear of looking incompetent, uh, looking out of control. So right. men will dance, but typically only if they feel skilled in it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And my husband has this move. It's called the monkey. <laughs> okay. Can I demonstrate De- it? Please do. Okay, I have to move my chair for a second. Okay. okay. Go for it. So it involves some um, funky bass beat, okay? Okay. And there's a lot of this, like, <laughs> and I call it the monkey. It's like you're picking apples from a bushel. That's that's his signature move. People, so. it's worth looking at the video just to watch Jillian do that move. It's quite something. Yeah. We is. should probably post some videos of the dance moves. Oh. Okay, well, we'll try. Okay. Anyway, so back to the topic. <laughs> um, so here are some shame triggers, those things like the, what prevents you from getting up on the dance floor or dancing in the kitchen or when you're on your own in the house, just cranking up uh, the music, right? Mm-hmm. Um do you feel immature? Do you feel stupid? Do you feel uncool? Mm. Do you feel out of control or awkward or goofy or silly? Listen, go surround yourself with three-year-olds. Yes. Because it's all of that. Yes. It's all immature and goofy and silly and all stuff. And you, they don't feel self-conscious at all. They're just loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a woman, how do you feel about moving your body? Mm. Uh, where do you feel self-conscious? Where do you feel like yourself? preserving yourself, yeah. your reputation or yeah. whatever. And where is the self-protection coming in? Because I think mm-hmm. that's a really good question. Yeah, it is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. I'd like more dance in my life. Yeah, I think so. I think we all need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it makes me sad that we are stripped of this joy of mm-hmm. moving our bodies mm-hmm. to music because of all those things that we're so worried about. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, everybody, people are so tense. They have to go massage therapists all the time. Yeah. You get all sorts of this and that. Like, we're so tightly bound. We are. We need to be letting loose more. We're, we need to be like those gyroscopes, you know, that you, you wind them up with a string. Yes. Let them loose. Yes, exactly. Kind of, yeah. So I know, Mary, that you are a quick study when it comes to dance. So <laughs> here's a, we run a cruise a number of years ago. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was called Dancing with the Stars. Oh, cruise. yes. <laughs> and the three couples um, decided that we would go try out for the Dancing with the Stars. Yes. And, um, it was fun. It was, you know, the, the stars were with us. They were showing the moves. It was a lot of fun. And then they, there were three stars. They picked three people mm-hmm. to be in the final. Yeah. And Mary was one. Yes. Our other friend, male friend was one. Uh-huh. And they, another woman was the other star. Mm-hmm. And so it meant that our friends had to go and practice with the stars. Yes. And um, color coordinate their outfits and Mary comes out, and she's like, the, the, boom. <laughs> and she's like, what? And it's like, whoa. <laughs> it was mesmerizing. It truly was. It was so much fun. Oh. And um, it ended up, I mean, uh, our, our male friend and Mary had a great time doing it. Uh, the professionals were fantastic because what they did was they dropped all those barriers. Yes, by working with uh, Mary and our other friend, they literally dropped the barriers of self-consciousness, mm-hmm. self-protection, mm-hmm. and they led well. Like, they led um, their dance partners through these moves. So much so, you would have thought that they'd been dancing all their lives. Well, from my perspective, when I watch back the video, you know, I thought I was swiveling my hips a lot more than actually was happening because they were so good at pulling us in the moment and affirming us. Yeah. It was all about attitude. So part of the va-va-voom, honestly, was yeah. just the attitude. I was like strutting my stuff. Oh, yeah. But then again, when I look at the, va- the videos, I'm like, yeah, that move came out a little awkward, but that's okay. I didn't care because mm-hmm. I had already had the mindset that if I'm going to make a fool of myself, I'm going to do it with fun. I'm exactly. just going to laugh at And I'll never see all these people Exactly. Now, mind you, that was the cruise where we had like 40 of our friends with us. Yeah, there, we did. And they all came, including yeah. our kids. Yeah. So it was a little bit awkward that way. But I just had to mind over matter. I'm just going to have fun, and I'm going to be goofy and silly. And I had, I had a really great time. It was it. fun. It yeah. really was. Mm-hmm. So all that to say... The the woman who no, just the woman the other woman won. Mm-hmm. What was really interesting about that story was this was a woman who oh, had lost yes. a ton of weight. Yes, like a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. I think it was like more than a hundred pounds. Yes, and all of a sudden she felt good in her body mm-hmm. and she was gonna move it. Yeah, and her confidence level was off the chart. Yeah, and I she mean, looks so elegant. Oh, and you know what? She deserved to win. Yeah, like I agree. Her, her, I don't. We don't know her backstory, but we know that she was celebrating her body, her accomplishments, mm-hmm. and it was lovely. Mm-hmm. It was really lovely. It was very inspiring, yeah, wasn't it? It was, it was. Such a celebration. Yes, we were all rooting for her to win. Actually, we just were because of the her story and just how elegant she was. Yeah. And- yeah, and yeah. her husband was like beaming, oh. like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, yeah. So my friends dance like there's no one watching, and yes. if there are, so what? So what? Seriously, exactly. that's their issue. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the dance piece. So mm. I just encourage you, like, figure that out. Like, 
Well, Come to my house and dance with a three-year-old. All your inhibitions will go out the door. Just, like, start putting mm -hmm. on some music that you enjoy. Yeah. Uh, that has a beat to it. And no one's going to be watching. Just dance in your own kitchen. Yep. And even if you only do it for 30 seconds, that's a start. The next day, do a minute. Just, just kind of keep at it. And you'll, you'll be surprised at how freeing that can be for you. And let alone the fact that it's just really great exercise. And there's this, um, if you want to Google something, call, Google a song called Jerusalemma. Oh. Jerusalemma. There's a dance move that goes with this song, Jerusalemma. And you see these little kids in a village in Africa dancing their hearts out. So inspiring. Mm -hmm. So Google that one. Yeah. Um, and it's easy. They show you the steps, too, so you can do it. Yeah, and that's a great idea, actually. If you don't feel like you know how to dance, just learn some moves. Yeah. I mean, that was the advantage of the Dancing with the Stars, is they taught us the whole routine. Yeah. So I just had to remember it. And you know what? It. Everyone can do the hokey pokey, yeah, Mary. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> there you go. So on to song. Mm. Um, Mary, what is your song that you're, you're driving home in the summer, the windows are open, that song comes on? And you just want to belt it oh. out the top of your lungs. Wow. There's probably a bunch of songs I, know, I would do but that for. I know, can you for. think of one? <clears throat> uh, well, the one I'm thinking about, because we do have a car that um, the roof will come down, is Born to be wild, born to be wild. Okay. <laughs> All right. See, I already can picture myself doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for me, I mean, I'm telling my age here, but CCR was my jam. What? So Creedence Clearwater Revival, There's a Bad Moon on the Rise. Oh, that yes. That song comes on, I'm into it. <laughs> the other one is Bon Jovi's It's My Life. Oh, yes. It's Now or Never. Yes. Right? So, or old-time rock and roll, Bob Seger. Like, seriously. Uh, you know what? I, it could be era-driven. If it's a certain era of music, I can't help it. Because that's when I was a it's teenager. It's DNA. <laughs> yes. And that's when I started <clears throat> to kind of bob my head. And But there's yeah. a new one now. My, my grandson and I dance to Despacito, which is Justin Bieber and somebody else. Oh. We do that one and the Ray Charles stuff. Okay. So, um, there's a lot of music that gets me going. Mm -hmm. But, like, music plays such a huge part in all of our lives. I remember um, when I was a little girl, mm. uh, it was probably one of the first summer camps I went to. It was like a day camp. Yeah. I would have been less than nine. Mm. Yeah, I would probably have been seven or eight. And we marched around the church building, mm -hmm. uh, singing and marching um, Onward Christian Soldiers. Oh, yes. So <laughs> when I hear that hymn, not often, That's right. I'm right back in that little dress <laughs> in a hot summer day yes. with all these little kids marching. Like, it, it evokes these memories, mm -hmm. smells. Mm. You can picture yourself right back there. So music itself is transportive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when we talk about uh, worship songs, uh, there's something about it that opens our heart up and our soul yeah. uh, as we worship God. I mean, I have to say, you know, with COVID, we haven't been able to attend church and we've been able to be fine because we've got great community and right, great right. teaching. And we still, the part that I miss is the worship time to be it able to kind of go all out and you're belting out tunes because they can't, people can't hear you, frankly. Right. Um, there's just something so uh, like soul awakening. Stirring. So stirring for it, me. It yeah. gets us in the solar, solar process. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, you know, 
songs make us think of people, mm. places, emotions. Yeah. For sure. Celebrations. Yeah. But they also remind us of loss and grief. Mm-hmm. Because often, you know, when we're at a funeral yeah. and they're playing that person's favorite, mm. like, it just reminds us of yeah. that deep connection that that person had. Um, mm-hmm. When And you and I both like classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, interesting fact. Do you know mm. that in zoos and kennels like humane societies they play classical music because it calms the animals Hmm. well that makes sense you know music is used across the board in lots of different therapies yep um often when somebody cannot communicate their pain or their their trauma um i'll ask them to pick their favorite song yep and actually play it yeah. And it's amazing to see what's happening with the person as they're playing their song wow. that helps them express whatever's going on for them. And they don't have to put it to words because it does open up the emotional part of their brain, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. And we do know that there's a part of the brain in Alzheimer's patients that connects yes. so deeply. Absolutely. That they may not remember you, but they'll remember that song. And as yep. soon as you start to play it, they mm-hmm. come alive and they it's open up. It's very true. Even nonverbal people will be able to express themselves again. Mm-hmm. So that's deeply seated in it us, is. isn't it? Yeah. I think we are created to sing. <clears throat> we are created to, to make music. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I remember about my mom's passing, so... Mm. little tiny bit of history. My mom was placed in a induced coma for 30 days. She was on life support, a mm. ventilator. And um, we would go in. I would go in almost every day. And I would read her. She had a, a book of poetry. She mm. loved poetry. So I would read her the dog-eared poetry mm. because I knew that she would connect with that. Mm-hmm. But I also played hymns for her that I knew she'd yes, love. Yes, beautiful. Um, there was this poem, The Touch of the Master's Hand, about mm. a person who picks up a violin and plays it. Read that to her. Because I know that locked in that brain, even in the unsemi-conscious brain, we're connecting with that kind of yes. stuff. Yes. Yes. And my hope was that it would connect her and make her feel at peace and mm. um, whatever was going on in that unconscious brain could be overcome with those kinds of things. Yeah. So definitely, I think that song is deep inside us. And mm-hmm. um, what is a song that connects you, um, listener, to celebration? Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. a favorite piece of music that just transports you. Yeah. To a different place. I think that this is the time in history where um, I was listening this morning as I was driving in here uh, to uh, a refugee, not a refugee camp, it's not called that. It's like a, a station, an arena where they're processing the people coming out of mm-hmm. Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this quiet moment and somebody just started singing. Mm. And it was powerful because people were joining in one by one. Yeah. And I was just, that is the power of song, mm-hmm. to just give us a moment of respite, mm-hmm. a moment of hope mm-hmm. amongst this. So what is a song that just really stirs you to uh, another place? Mm-hmm. So transportive. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, you know, um, even cultures that have certain songs that just bond them together yeah. because it's shared history. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just... 
it's it's um, amazing how song does not just open up our hearts, but it it bonds us together. It opens our hearts up to each other. Yeah, um, yeah, in in just such a beautiful way. I remember, boy, you just, you just gave me a mm. glimpse of something. Do you remember when we were in Jerusalem? Uh, we were in Israel, yes, and yes, we were yes. at one of the sites. It was uh, it was a church. Um, and, gee, I can't remember even where it was. But I just remember this group of people sitting off, mm-hmm. and they were kind of on these bleachers, and mm-hmm. they just started to sing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And we all stopped, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. We all stopped and just taken the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, we had that moment by the waters, too, mm-hmm. where we were starting to sing, and it was just, you know, shivers go up your yeah, spine. Yeah, that was at the Sea of Galilee, Yes, remember? it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so... Let's talk about laughter now. So mm-hmm. we've talked about song, we've talked about dance, but laughter, um, you know, it feels like I've saved the best for yes. laughs because I love to laugh and I love to make others laugh. Mm-hmm. If I can get Mary's husband, Peter, laughing, oh yes, my, my job is done yes. because he's got the biggest, heartiest laugh. Listen, the, two of, you, the two of you together... Um, we were playing a game together. I can't remember over the, I think the Christmas break. Oh, yeah. And it's not even just the fact of you guys guffawing. That's an old word, yeah. guffawing. Yeah. But like looking at you, both of you had your head thrown back. Your mouth was dropped wide open and you were like crying, laughing. And, I, you know, you guys got something funny going on. We just had to look at you and we're like bursting our britches laughing as well. <laughs> you guys together. Oh, anyway, just because he laughs and I laugh. Yeah. It's well, then, like, but then, it's, yeah, it's but infectious. you make him laugh and then he makes you laugh and it just oh, keeps going. It just goes on and on. Yeah. So Brene says that shame resilience requires laughter. I agree. I agree. I'm going to say that again. Yeah. Shame resilience requires laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the la- that laughter helps us to heal, mm. uh, to form a bond with each other. Yeah. And without words, she says, say to one another, I'm with you, I get you. Mm. Oh, yes. You know, uh, what comes to mind when I was uh, sharing an office space with two other psychologists, and uh, one of them, she was pretty serious. Mm. And one day she met me in the waiting room. She goes, what are you doing in there? Like laugh therapy or something? Because she would regularly hear laughter coming from my office, even though we were talking about very, very serious, painful things. Mm -hmm. But it was something about, even as people share their story and we can move to this place of being able to laugh, not laugh at the story, but just just the, the release of laughter, it somehow helped increase the, the client's resilience and bring it into context yeah. in a way that really helped them heal. It was beautiful. You know, I have always said that at every funeral, mm. there's, there should be a couple of toddlers. Ah, uh, yeah. Because the adults don't feel that they can share a laugh at a, unless they're prompted to, or mm-hmm. a funny story or something like that. But... Um... But when you have three-year-olds in the room and they're not conscious about what the mood is mm-hmm. and they just start to laugh, mm-hmm. it allows everybody else to laugh, right? Yes, it sure It does. takes the pressure it off. It does. And we can just look at them and go, oh, they're so adorable. I know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So laughter. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Laughter to me is this deep place of connection, Mm -hmm. and it's also a place of deep safety. And I've never thought about that before, Mm -hmm. Mary. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about why I feel so safe being my funny, silly self with some people Mm -hmm. and not with others. Yeah. Yeah. And like, because I feel safe with your Peter and my husband and Mm -hmm. our friend group, I can. I can elicit laughs Mm -hmm. that I may not feel comfortable with trying in another area, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, laughter shows this place of safety. So I've been evaluating since I've been thinking about Mm. this, what are the arenas in my life environments where I feel like I can really let loose and laugh? Yeah. And where do I feel like I'm stifled? Yeah. Because that mm-hmm. says a lot about the safety of those environments. It sure does. It does. Yeah. Mm, that's a great question. And Brene talks about laughter and song and dance being places of deep vulnerability. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Mm. Which is such an interesting thing for you uh, as you are growing in your ability to be vulnerable. I mean, you have such a gift of laughter mm-hmm. and a gift of humor. And somehow... That's a place that you can be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm. So fascinating. Yeah, it is. Um, so this vulnerability that we find in song or dance or laughter, it's a reason that we need it in our life mm-hmm. um, because it makes us connect uh, on levels that we may not otherwise. Right. Um, so I want you to think about those areas of your life and where you're being vulnerable Um, And in terms of life coaching tip, I just want to talk about this. So if we truly believe that laughter, song, and dance are essential to our soul care, how do we make sure that we hold space for them in our lives? This is straight out of Brene Brown's book. Yeah, great And I would say, as parents in this season, Mm. we need to do this for our children. Yeah. We need to show them that it's okay to be silly Mm -hmm. and laugh and dance and... in a very serious time, these this is what we need for shame resilience. Yeah. Um, because this time that we're living in is calling for sorrow about so much of the world. Mm. But it's also allowing us to have these moments of joy because that's what helps us get through. Right. Oh, so good. So let us foster in our own families, grandparents, parents, aunties, uncles, friends. Mm-hmm. Foster that with the kids because they need it right now. Yeah. They need to have permission to do it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. So what good. is making you laugh in this season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. What is making you dance in this season? Mm-hmm. And what songs are you listening to that give you hope? Right. Like, we need that right now. So make deliberate attempts for well, these things. Well, I was going to say, I would add that you actually schedule it in. Yes. Because you listen to this podcast, you go, oh, great idea. And then you move on with your life and you forget to incorporate it. But so much science, as we said, uh, so much research around the value of laughter and yeah. fun and song and dance. Like schedule it. Just put it in your calendar. Beep, beep, beep. Reminder. And off you go. Done. Yeah. Sounds so good. Oh, that's so good. Oh, thank you for this. Okay. My spirit feels lighter already. Ah, deep sigh. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Take care, everybody. Take care. Love. Love. Song. Song. Dance. dance. Laughter. Okay. Do it. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life Podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.